Welcome to the Marketing Hive, a podcast to help you navigate the world of digital marketing. We are your hosts, Kate Smoothie and Amy Cook, and today we are talking all about boundaries and authenticity within your marketing. Before we dive in, please take the time to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're using so you can catch new episodes we upload every other week. Okay, now let's dive into the episode. Amy and I have got quite a funny story to start this off with today. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we need to give the background story before we dive into, or I guess why this topic actually came up, because I think it's probably one everyone suffers with, um, but not necessarily knowing how to deal with it, possibly. Yeah, I think once you reach a certain point in business or a certain point with maybe your audience size, depending on whether you're building a community or not, which you really should be building a community, hopefully you are already doing that. Maybe that's a different episode topic. <laughs> thinking about it, but um, you will probably come across this in some way. And funnily enough, Amy and I experienced this with the same person. Oh, what a privilege! <laughs> so um, I'll kick off because my part of the story comes first, and then Amy's unfortunate part of the story came <laughs> in kind of as like a second wind when we thought it all died down and was over. Um, Basically, so for any of you that don't know, I used to have a Discord community where I would offer website tips and advice. Um, basically, a little bit like an extension of my social media channels, just in a in a more like confined community. Amy was part of that community as well when um, it was still live. And within that community, we had fairly active members. And one of these active members was actually probably, when I think about it now, the most active member. Um, she asked for a lot of help in the community with her website. So it would be things like, oh, I'm trying to do this. How do I do it? And what have you. And I was one of a few developers within the community. So we would often help her out for free, which in hindsight probably shouldn't have done. But I think when you're in a community like that, for anyone who hasn't used Discord before, it's a lot more intimate than a TikTok comment or YouTube comments, isn't it, Amy? Like that. It yeah, I was going to say, it's very much like asking a friend. So it's kind yeah. of like a community of like, you'd be like, oh, I'm really struggling with this. Anyone can, you know, is there anyone that can help? And then everyone would kind of like jump in, help, give advice and stuff like that. So it is a definitely more close-knit, supportive community, I would say, in that respect of, you know it's guidance on kind of stuff you're struggling with here and there kind of thing yeah absolutely and it wasn't like build me a website it was more like I can't make this work how do I do it so you know whatever that I don't think the boundaries were necessarily right and actually something I've learned from this because this is not the first time something like this has happened to me and it and it followed a very similar pattern of someone so this individual was not a web designer but she positioned herself as a brand designer and so she was kind of in the same space as me and when I had this happen before with someone they were also within that similar space although the first person was actually a web designer so a bit close to home but anyway the point is she was just starting out and we wanted to help so that kind of progressed to a point where I think she started to expect the help from people and would be quite demanding at times about that you had to respond to her and you had to help her and again I think I definitely should have seen the red flags there but I didn't um I think, I don't know, like, I don't know, Amy, if you feel differently about this, but uh, and it's Amy and I have a relationship a bit like that, where if we're struggling, so like yesterday we were messaging about things with clients and, oh, what do you think about this and whatever, but it's different because we both respect the boundaries between 
our working relationship, you know, Amy might say to me, can you help me out with this? Obviously, it's a paid thing. Or I might say, I've got a client I need some support with. What what would you charge to support? You know, it's we understand that we are both business owners, but equally, we do help each out each other out sometimes for free on like a friendship, you know, yeah. that working relationship thing. But it's, it's a balance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it is that balance. Um, but yeah, I feel like with that person it was kind of like I don't know they joined that community just to kind of suck out as much as they possibly could (laughs) Uh, it's probably the only way I could describe it to be honest you are right and actually everyone else in the community provided she was take 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 whereas everybody else in the community you know like there's so many videos of mine they would watch them and promote them everywhere and leave comments on them and you know like you'd get it it was so much more balanced in that everybody just kind of wanted to champion each other and the stronger the relationships got the nicer it became what have you it was really lovely and this was just like one bad instance that happened but basically so fast forward she was asking for some advice on something specific on her website And when I went to check out the site, I found that she had ripped off lots and lots of written content from my website. And she had stolen my SEO checklist. So if you listen to mine and Amy's last episode on lead magnets, it's the SEO checklist I'm mentioning there. Um, I'd also written an SEO ebook, like a small business owner's guide to SEO. She had bought that and also copied that. So I'm not going to go into how exactly I came across these files because she was selling them on her site and what she wanted help with was the product page and god knows why she messaged on there because it immediately highlighted to me that she was selling why would you do that like yeah I don't get with people like there's there's copying and then there's just like outright like confronting the person you copied and asking for help like I don't get the mentality she thought like that she was gonna still all this stuff post for like more help and then no one's going to spot that like that's you know your content or your book and stuff like yeah I mean it's just like it's incredible you're almost lost for words aren't you this is the thing the whole way through I was just I kind of couldn't believe it I thought no so anyway I did I did not buy it from her but I did manage to acquire the files to check it over um it was a complete copy, like literally word for word copy. So anyway, she just changed the design of the the ebook. So I screenshot the pages side by side and I just sent it to her and I said, look, I'm not going to make a big thing out of this. I'm not going to share it in the community. I just want to highlight to you. I have found this. And originally she was like, oh yeah, okay, I'll take it offline. And then the conversation took a bit of a weird turn. She kind of tried to was really strange basically so actually earlier on in the story I said she copied my website content I didn't actually realize she'd taken that yet I found that out because she accused me of taking hers in the conversation where I confronted her about the ebook and I was like wait what are you talking about and then I went on this page on her website and I'm like that's my website copy (laughs) and it just it was crazy it was like it was almost like she wanted to be cool I guess it was really very strange um to cut a long story short Um, she did take it all down I did have to file a DMCA request I think it's called with her website host to get 
the page is taken down because she, while she took the ebook down, she was absolutely adamant that she hadn't taken my website copy and blah, blah, blah. And she had, and the host did take the site down because they recognized that she had done that. She then moved her site over to another host, tried to do the same thing. I went to that host, got it taken down again. Um, and basically, yeah, at that point, I just completely removed her from the community and blocked her on everything because I was like, you're obviously, you know, maybe not 100% of sound mind. Some of the actions were just really strange. And I thought, I just don't need this person in my space. Um I don't even know if I told Amy about it at this point. I don't even think I told you. I think I had to tell you when So someone within the community, they knew what happened and they went on her site and she'd rebranded everything and changed everything. And they said, this looks really familiar. And I went on it and that's when I messaged Amy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I got a lovely message um, saying how, you know, I don't even know how she would have, I'm guessing because obviously like, she must have seen because obviously you did my branding for me actually and she listened to the first few episodes of the podcast yeah so I think that she probably connected the dots between us and maybe then I don't know decided to click on my website maybe she went via a podcast who blimmin knows where this <laughs> come from but yeah I got obviously a message from Kate saying that she had basically copied my brand and not only did she copy pretty much my brand in terms of colors, assets, in terms of like the leaf pattern and stuff I have, she also basically copied the layout of my website to the point that like on my homepage, I've got like a slider that goes through kind of like pain points of my customers. It was like identical word for word, every single thing. Um, I and think then, she copied yeah. like stats, didn't she? Copy stats yeah, that you had on there as well. It was just literally like a deep dive of any time I just clicked on anything on her website. It was like, it, you know, basically my content, maybe like an and or an I changed in between. But <laughs> yeah, it was literally my branding, my website layout, my content, literally everything. Um, so again, I had to um send a request to her hosting platform as well obviously you know screenshotting her website my website and so forth to then also get it removed um but yeah it's just I think the whole thing like as much as I can laugh about it now it is really frustrating and disheartening I think as a business owner when you see someone else take your stuff like you might sit sometimes and think, oh, it's quite nice, like, and inspiring to know that someone, you know, has copied you and obviously your work's good enough for someone to copy. But at the same time, you're like, I've worked so hard to get to that. And then someone's just found it and copied and pasted. Like, it's yeah. so frustrating. Like, especially when you, like, as a business owner, struggle to find the time to do that stuff anyway, and then someone's just got the cheek to come in and literally outright steal it. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, it just bamboozles me to be honest with you in terms of that. Um, I yeah, just, it's just not right. I think that the thing is, is there's, there's being inspired and then there's just, I mean, when you're at the point where you're copying something, like you're literally, you know, dragging your cursor, highlighting a load of text, right click copy right click paste on your own website 
you're not doing it right. That is not being inspired. Um, Copying and pasting off someone's website is actually really negatively affecting your website in terms of like Google and stuff. So again, this is like another thing in terms of why you need to be authentic to yourself is because like especially with like I guess websites and that kind of bigger stuff like I guess anything Google related really because it's the same for Google ads is if it's not authentic Google will know and you will get you know reprimanded as such as negative so you can't just go and outright copy and paste websites because you're not helping your own business like you might think oh this is easy now my website's done well, great, you've got a website that's not going to do anything because yeah. it's getting a negative impact from Google. Like, you can't go and copy stuff. Like, you just can't in general, and it's not going to help you. Like, if it was that easy, we'd all be doing it. Absolutely. Like, this, so this is what definitely falls under plagiarised content in Google's eyes for anyone that does know a little bit about SEO and knows, obviously, it's a really big no-no and... Um, typically the site that they find to be doing the plagiarizing is the one that is then taken off of Google search results. Um, It's a big hot topic in the SEO world. You do not want to have plagiarized content. And I think for someone that is copying at that point, especially so in, in this instance of this specific person who Amy and I spoke about it before the episode, we have no, we don't want to name her or like publicly shame her. I've shared this story um, on TikTok and on LinkedIn, I always get comments being like, oh, you should name and shame her. But we're not into that. Like, you know, the, we got it. It was taken down. Like, you know, she lost the community she was in. You know, she lost a lot more than what we did. But um, the problem is when you're a small business owner like that and you're just starting out and it is overwhelming. And there's so much that you have to do. You have to make your website. You have to write the copy. You've got to start writing your social media captions. You've got to create social media posts. You've got to write emails. You've got to make a Facebook group. Like there's all this stuff and it is super overwhelming. But the problem is the choices that you make in these early stages can have an impact on your business later on that you don't realize. And while right now you might think, I don't give a shit if I show up on Google. I just need a website that I can promote on Instagram or whatever. In a year's time, you might really give a shit about showing up on Google. And if they struck you off search results because you copied and pasted in those early days, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, it is that, isn't it? Yeah. I was going to say, it's also like, it's just, yeah, it's about being authentic to yourself because anything you do is going to reprimand what you do. And one thing that I thought about is like, because I've had it when I very first started and it was like actually something I disagreed with in the respect of, so basically like we all have kind of like similar businesses, everyone in this world, I guess. Like for example, you could say me and you do the same thing. We do Mm. Our processes and the people we may support might be different, but at the end of the day, SEO is SEO. Yeah. Um, It's not, you know, there's no tips and tricks. It's kind of the standard process as such that you would follow. Um, so yes, like if you are within the same industry industries of people, there are going to be things that you probably are going to show up saying the same things like, you know, do you want to get your website ranking on Google? Do you want to be page one of Google? But there's obviously lots of other, other elements in that that aren't going to be the same. Um, I had it when I very first started. I think it was about social media or something. I'd had a girl who started her business after me. I think I did a post about like, you know, what to put in your bio, for example. 
And then she messaged me like, oh, you can't say this because I do that. And I was like, what? So you want me to say how not to optimize your bio because you've done the same thing in the respect of, you know, having to pick who you are, who you help and what you do. I was like, that's a standard thing. Like Everybody preaches that. Well, actually, I feel like the space is a little bit moved away from that. But there was a time, yeah. like 2020, that was the number one Instagram marketing advice. Was yeah. there, what was it? I insert here. Yeah. And then it was like, insert the audience you help or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That, that advice was everywhere. I know, exactly. And it's the same when trends happen. You are going to see like, you know, the second reels come out. Everyone's like, do reels, do 15 second clips, do this, do that. Audio trends like now with um, TikTok mostly, you are going to get the same consistent things. So I think also it's recognizing what's like, just within your kind of knowledge everyday experiences and then also what is genuinely a copy like if someone has outright literally copy and pasted something from word for word then that is not being authentic if someone has used the same thing they've learned in a different context that is being authentic because you've got the same knowledge you're just sharing it in a different way I guess and in your own words like when you think about it you and I often will have content that at the core of it is the same but you're saying it in your way and I'm saying it in my way or it might be that like you're talking to the camera and I've showed the screen or you know there's but ultimately like the words are unique to us the phrasing and the way in which we say things will be unique to us and that that is why we can coexist in this space. And actually, you know, like Amy's saying, we do do a lot of the same things. And in some people's eyes, we might even be competitors, but we're not, we've never experienced that. And if anything, the fact that we both share the same knowledge means that we both always have someone that you can pick up a phone and send a voice note being like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, <laughs> this has happened. Why do you think this has happened? Or yeah. I've got a client that has said this, what do you think? And, you know, like there's, it, when you find someone like that, that is a great opportunity to coexist in the space together and to, you know, get inspiration from each other and what have you. But again, it's inspiration at most. It's not, oh, okay, so that page is obviously converted clients for them. I'm going to copy and paste it. Or, oh, that reel worked really well for them. So I'm just going to copy it. And you do see this. So actually, it's interesting when you were talking about the trending audio thing. Mm. So that, Actually, I can't remember if we've talked about this before or if we've just talked about it privately, but that is something that really winds me up is that it's now a thing to become popular on social media, to have like a large social media following because you're sharing trending sounds. So not only are you benefiting from the trending sound, but everybody is like, oh, great, they share trending audios and I want to use trending audios. So they follow you. But it's been so done at this point that I imagine that space is a mixture of people that do it authentically and people who just copy someone bigger in the space. And I think that's it. It is probably like to the extent of it's just an easy way to show up. So people do just copy that. Yeah. And it's fine to jump on something that is a trend, like, you know, everyone in the social media industry is doing sharing trending audios. It's fine to jump on that with people, but do it if it feels right for you don't do it just because you feel like you have to and also if you like 
you know, that type of thing, or you know that your audience are coming to you asking for trending audios, do it in an authentic way. Like just because everyone else shows up on social media doesn't mean you have to. If, for example, you're an email marketing company, um, maybe your authentic way is by sharing it as a weekly email instead of jumping on social media every bloody day doing it. Like, <laughs> you don't, like you don't have to copy just because someone else is doing it. And also it's about making sure it's right for your audience because again the way you show up is going to connect to your audience and how they want to you know engage with you as a person so if showing up doing silly dances doesn't feel authentic to you and your audience then don't do it it's kind of like I've got clients who social media I do for example and they always say like oh you know should I be doing reels because that's popular Absolutely not, because your, you know, static image posts do just as well, because your audience are an older kind of demographic that don't want to watch silly dance moves and pointing and lots of stuff. They just want to read a nice post, engage with it and move on kind of thing. Yeah. So you do have to think about your own business and who you're trying to sell to rather than just thinking it's easy to copy. Absolutely. And you can apply that to anything. Like, you know, when you get these, the, so obviously in the lead magnets episode, we talked about how you can share swipe files or templates or what have you. You need to consider when you're using things like that, that it hasn't been created for your target audience. So if you decide to use it, you need to make sure that you're heavily editing that to align with your target audience, or maybe it just isn't appropriate for them at all. You cannot just assume that because someone has shared something, it's like, oh, use this template to do this or whatever, that it's going to be relevant, with especially without you editing it. So this is completely kind of off topic, but not. I yesterday launched um, an Elementor social media landing page template, which is a free download. Um, we'll link it in the show notes or what have you. This is not a promo, it's just an example. And I put that together so that a service or a product-based business could use it, but they have to edit it. You cannot just take the template, whack your links into it and pop it on your site because there's, you know, sections where you could put a product image and a buy button, or there's a section that has, you know, like an offer link. But yeah. you, again, you need to add your branding, you need to edit the images and you need to consider like, would it make sense for me to have a large, big standout promo offer here? Maybe not because I'm a service-based business and I have like four or five services I regularly talk about. So that's a way in which you use a template, but you edit it to suit your business rather than what I think happens a lot of the time with these like swipe file type stuff where you end up signing up for something and you get on someone's email list and you get an email and you're like, I swear I've read this before. And it's because it's just word for word. Yeah. taken from the swipe file nothing changed maybe their name has changed and it doesn't even sound like what they sound like on social media yeah and that's it isn't it because again it is about your authentic messaging so and it is about people you know people want to be taken on that journey with you so if you have got social medias talking in one way and then they land on your website and it's completely different like that is gonna throw people off and they're gonna think what I'm confused like is this the same person so you do have to have consistency in how you show up on all your channels to make it then work for yourself and your audience in terms of wanting to buy from you and knowing they are buying from you because you've got that consistent messaging tone of voice and everything across everything absolutely and I think you don't 
there's a lot of talk about personal branding and I think it's really easy as a business owner to be like oh well you know I just have like my business branding but actually if you're creating content on social media even if you're just writing captions but especially so if you're creating videos where it's face to camera you are creating a personal brand if you are a one-man band business that is also being tied up in your personal brand. And ultimately the people that work with you are probably people where you as a personal brand have resonated with them. So when they get to your website, when they get your emails, that needs to follow that same brand that you've been putting together elsewhere. And again, it, it feeds back into this whole thing of the decisions you make early on in your business can hugely impact you later down the line in a way you don't realize. So you might grow an email list with like a thousand followers from having an amazing lead magnet, but the email list has never convert anyone. And that's because your emails are from a swipe file and it doesn't resonate with the person they signed up the lead magnet with. They feel like they're being sold to it, there's just a disconnect so it all of this really I suppose all these different examples we're giving is to say that having these first of all the boundaries of I like that person's content I want to model myself on that person's content but I want to do it in my own way it's like knowing what that level is so for example when we're saying like Amy and I existing in the same space supporting each other as business owners knowing we share the same content but respecting like if I saw Amy do a really popular post about something I wouldn't then the next day make my own because there's a boundary there of like she did really well with that cool that topic does really well I'm gonna make a note of that and I'll come back to it later when her video isn't fresh in my mind and because I, I would hate to accidentally yeah. and that is also a problem is you can accidentally copy someone you might be like oh wow I'm gonna do that and then before you know it you've like said a few things they said or you know so that that as well it's about making sure you don't make that mistake but also about making sure that everything is authentic to you so that it's going to work for you and your business rather than oh that worked for that business so I'm just going to copy it I think it is that thing of like you that's a good point to be fair because it is sometimes you get so caught up in the moment like you might you know see a social media post or something and think oh I love that and I want to recreate that but you get caught up in the moment doing it there and then that you do end up without knowingly copying it, which is then going to make you feel even worse if then that person sees it and reaches out because you're going to, you're going to look at it and think, no, I didn't because I created it with my own, yeah. you know, knowledge in mind, but you haven't because you've done it so there and then. So I think it is that thing of like seeing something, saying why you, you know, why you've liked that and then, going away from it kind of almost forgetting about it and then coming back to it and going okay cool I'm gonna create this video on x y and z um rather than kind of doing things there and then because you can get caught up doing it without realizing I guess absolutely or another really good thing to do with that kind of thing and this really applies to anything it's not just social media posts you could do it with your website copy if you are having to write your website we all know it's such a chore I know website copywriters are probably like no it's not it's all really good fun but generally writing your own website copy is such a chore uh, it's a little bit like for me designing my own website is a huge chore and takes 10 times as long as it does for someone else Amy like it's the same when you're doing SEO content for yourself oh, right there. yeah I was gonna say before we jumped on this call I said about how I've got a content creator to do my own <laughs> SEO optimized because <laughs> yeah. I'm like I can't do it for myself yeah. like give me anyone else's site all day long but mine I'm like absolutely not so yeah you're just like I'm checking is. out of that 
But if you are at a point where you can't outsource it and you do need to do it yourself, I would recommend doing like proper research in this. So go do some proper competitor analysis market research. Find three to five people in your space you respect and you admire, comb through whatever it is on their website or on their social media platforms or whatever that you're trying to work on and note down the things that you like and the things that you don't and the similarities. And from there, you should come up with a unique sort of version of it for yourself because it's not all being copied from one thing. So you might be like, I love the way that they do this with their headings or I love the way they write their captions like this or whatever. And you will start to see the patterns of what you like and it will immediately just become more authentic because you're building a kind of um, a framework, I guess, for what you like and how you're going to do it rather than I'm just going to right click, copy and paste this and be done with it. Yeah, and I think it is that, like you say, don't copy and paste. Like if you see a sentence and you think, oh, I love that, it's really clear on what the messaging is, don't just then think to yourself, oh, I'm going to copy and paste that onto a Word document. Like pick out the key points of that sentence. Like what is it that's made that sentence clear? Is it because they've put the specific audience's pain point in it that's made it clear? Okay, well then just write a bullet point saying, you know, you need to have a sentence that includes X pain point or something like that, because then you're not going to get caught up in kind of like having all these sentences on a document that then you end up merging into, you know, your own um, that then isn't really authentic because it is just kind of adding in a and and an I and a we. Yeah. Um, so it is just kind of putting out words rather than sentences, I think, on why you like stuff. Um, to then allow you to you know create it from scratch yourself and be authentic absolutely and it's exactly the same with design you know if you like a load of stuff make a mood board out of it and then think about how you can adapt that for yourself and the elements that you have that you like in common and whatever there are lots of different ways you can do it but I suppose the the main takeaways from this episode are to be inspired by people's content and not copy it yeah. and to strive to be authentic in your business so that if even if you have the opportunity to copy even if you do have these moments of like I love that they did that I want to do that too because you're striving to be authentic you're you kind of already in your mind and you have these things in place that you know you're not going to copy it you're just going to make note that you loved it and think about how you can do it yeah definitely and I think it is as well like thinking about your own business and your own target audience because obviously remember that how someone shows up for their business isn't going to be how necessarily your audience want to you know you to show up and to purchase from yourself um so I do think it is about thinking about your business your audience and you know what does make you different what makes people want to buy from you to then allow you to you know keep connected to that to be authentic um, Absolutely. And then I guess like uh, the only other two takeaways I will probably say if you have been kind of like copied or you're in that frustrating space of feeling like you've been copied or whatever is either kind of like depending on how confident you are I guess you can kind of reach out to the person like we have done in the past um, and kind of say to them kindly you know I've noticed this is you know the same as what I've got would you mind removing it blah 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 and then if it does get a bit more nasty down the rabbit hole then obviously just report the issue whether it's to the website hosting platform report on the issue to Instagram if it's you know if someone's copied an Instagram post or whatever that may be 
um at least you've got that own peace of mind for yourself that like you're not going to sit there frustrated like bloody hell this person's got on a, a business because of you know off the back of my stuff kind of thing and yeah you know, it is frustrating if you see someone's got loads of clients and it's from stuff you've done um so yeah I definitely think report the issue and then I was going to say because I know you've recently done this Kate is about trademarking Oh, yeah. So I have. So I've trademarked WebHive Digital, so the actual name WebHive Digital. This is kind of, it was very much a first step for me after what happened. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, this has happened to me a couple of times now with a similar sort of thing. And luckily, in both instances, I have managed to get the content taken down without having to take it any further. But it really opened me up to like, oh, my gosh, what do I do legally if people are like trying to copy my business? So the first thing I did was to trademark WebHive Digital. There are other things. I'm still kind of looking into it. I mean, if, if it's something you guys are interested in, I can definitely like share that journey on the podcast as it goes. Um, I know you can trademark other things like packaging designs, products, but I think it has to be unique. So when I shared about trademarking my business on TikTok and it cost me £170 on the gov.uk website, don't use any other service for this. You just need to go on there, register your trademark. It literally takes like less than 10 minutes. But someone replied and was like, oh, it's costing me £800, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? Because I was thinking that they were maybe being like conned by like one of these companies said they're going to do it for you. But then she came back and was like, no, it's my packaging and my products and stuff like that. And this kind of thing always makes me laugh because I'm like, okay, well, I get it, but it's not what I'm talking about. You know, when you think talking like, about a name, you're talking about a million things. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, of course it costs you more money. But anyway, so it's a totally different topic. Um, so I, but there, I know there are lots of different things you can trademark within your business. So let, let's say, I mean, I can't trademark my services because I offer services that lots of other people offer as well. But let's say that I developed like a method, I could trademark the method. So I could be like, yeah. I have a method, it's this and this and this, and it's called this and that is trademarked. Yeah. Um, so you can trademark things like that. So that's, if you're getting this happen to you a lot, which hopefully you're not, you probably need to go down that kind of route. And I did also speak with solicitors who gave me a bit of advice. They were like, we can put you together some like generic stuff that you can just edit and send out to people. But, you know, we were talking about like, a thousand pound plus for the services and I didn't because I haven't needed that I thought I just don't I can't justify that cost at this time um I mean I don't know maybe I'll regret it in the future but I just thought you know a thousand pound to have like a scary letter that I can send someone just didn't feel <laughs> use of my money but yeah there are lots of options and different things that you can do I would say the main thing is and actually if you have if you're finding that people are copying you you have an audience like don't be quiet about it yeah. we've never named and shamed this person I didn't name and shame the last person who did it to me but on both occasions I spoke about it with my audience and I think that put the fear in the people that had copied me both times because they were like oh gosh I don't want them to out me and so that can really make a difference too yeah definitely cool um I think that's it in terms of you know how to be authentic to yourself I guess and then obviously like our main tea- key takeaways um yeah. So just oh, when you said main tea, I was like, actually, the story at the beginning was tea. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely include that. Tea. It's so hard, though, isn't it? I feel like we could do like multiple episodes talking about being authentic. It's just, it, it's just such an open topic. It is, it is. Um, and obviously, we can definitely share more. So I guess, like, if you have enjoyed listening to this episode, like, do reach out to us, let us know. And obviously, let us know if there is anything specific you want to 
understand or if you want more in depth about how to be authentic to yourself um then obviously we are always happy to share that knowledge and experience with you guys um but obviously as well just remember to take the time to subscribe to the podcast if you have enjoyed it um we obviously do post new episodes every other week and any links that we've mentioned will be in the show notes uh, where you can then find the transcripts for the episodes as well Okay, got. Oh, one more thing I wanted to say actually about the transcripts. So it's not finished. I don't think I'm ever going to be 100% happy with it just because it's like something I've done for like a personal project. But we have now got the marketinghivepodcast.com where you can find all the episode transcriptions. So yeah. any previous episode, you can find quick and easy links to listen, a little bit more info on Amy and I and the platforms that you can listen to us on. So if this is your first time listening or you want to go back and have a look, it's the marketinghivepodcast.com and we'll link that in the show notes too. Perfect. All right. Thanks, guys. Speak to you soon.